Stop telling yourself you're not qualified, not worthy, or not experienced enough. Growth happens when you start doing things you're not qualified to do. Stephen Bartlett. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S's. Today we're doing a more interactive type episode, and it's the second part of our Discovering Your Writing Journey mini-series that we're wrapping up this month with. Everything we're talking about is more a sliding scale rather than binary choices, and you can move those slides anywhere along the time. But we're giving you basically two options. But all of these things are meant to help you figure out what kind of writer you are, what part of your journey are you on, and that will help inform how you approach your writing. Be honest with yourself. Don't just say, like in my case for many years, I am a pantser, I will forever be a pantser. Look and analyze whether or not that is actually working for you. You may need to adjust if it's not. We've said it before, we will forever say it. You're allowed to change. That is how growth happens. Experimenting with things is the whole point of our opener because that's how you grow. So the first one we're talking about is actually one that we've had a couple episodes on already. And this is the plotter or the pantser. Or somewhere in the middle like planter. I have talked about it many, many times. I started writing completely as a pantser. I would have maybe a vague idea of what I wanted to happen in the story, and then I would sit down and I would just write whatever came to mind. And it was chaos. You can look at the blackmail episode as evidence. I, for a couple of books at the beginning of my journey, pants them because I didn't know that plotting was a thing. And as soon as I discovered that there are structures that work, there are outlines that can be applied to almost any kind of story, That's when I really started to consistently finish novels, get novels out into the world, and tell my stories. But we've both experimented with both sides. I have experimented a little bit with plotting. I don't do a very in-depth plot, but I have used the seven-point structure method to help me know where I'm going in the story to help me figure out like, okay, I need this and this and this to happen before I can get to the climax of the story. And that helped me actually publish a couple of books because I would always, when I'm pantsing, get to the middle chunk and just kind of go, well, they're here now, but they need to be over here. I don't know what to do to fill the middle bits. Another thing to keep in mind as you're looking at this is it's rare to be 100% all of the time. It's more common that people will pants the first act because they got this idea, they're inspired, they're doing stuff, it's interesting. And then when momentum starts to lag a little bit, then you start plotting so you have somewhere to go toward. So that's a very common recipe that I found is successful in a lot of different ways. And this is one that is definitely one of those slider scale things. You can be any mix of those two. You can be a plotting planter where you heavily lean on plot, but you pants just a couple of things. You can also choose to pants all of your characters, but plot all of your world building, which is what I tend to do. Another this or that that you can be in a lot of places on is your publishing path. 
Are you 100% self-publishing like I am? Or do you really want to pursue traditional? Knowing that, you have to do a lot more work about making the networking and the connections and all of that. But you can also be somewhere in the middle. You can self-publish a couple of books and then decide, hey, maybe with this book, I want to pursue traditional publishing while I'm still self-publishing a couple of other things here and there. You don't have to pick one or the other. The this or that can be about more than just big, broad strokes goals that you have for your writing. It can be something as simple as, do you do writing sprints or not? And then how long do you like those sprints? When I started doing writing sprints and thought it was really cool, longer sprints worked for me. Now, if I have too long of a sprint, I get super distracted midway through and I forget that I'm in a sprint. So like 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 tops is it for me. I can do up to about half an hour before I start feeling tempted to make myself a cup of tea or use the restroom or these kind of things. And some people hate writing under pressure. They don't want any clock going. For some of us, it's super helpful because it keeps us focused for time and gives us permission to take breaks. Other people are like, there's a ticking clock and I can't focus on anything except for the ticking clock. So no sprints, another option. Try writing all of these ways and do one month this way, one month that way, and then see which month is more productive at the end of the four weeks. Another thing to take a look at is what kind of writer are you with projects? Do you have one project that you are writing at a time? Or are you like me and have several different things that you're writing and then you just write whatever you feel like that day? I do feel like having some option for your writing time can be very helpful. So that is my personal advice. If I have a single thing that I'm allowed to work on during my writing time, then I can start to accidentally dread writing time if I'm not feeling inspired in that particular thing. But if you have one project at a time and you're going to see this one to completion, or if you're just like, I'm writing something and then sure, toss it out into the world, I'm going to go do something else now. And you're very mercurial about the stories that you like to tell. That's another way to approach writing. Is how many projects do you want to have going at once? If you're a pantser, you are going to be more likely to have a bunch of projects going at once and a huge work in progress graveyard. If you're a plotter, by the time you've plotted something, you've put enough effort in, you're pot committed, you want to finish the project. Ah, uh, my poor whip graveyard. It is vast. In the same kind of vein, with working on one project or multiple projects at the same time, you also need to consider how long you're going to spend on a single project. Are you going to write and work on one project for several years or maybe a month and move on? I am about three months per project before I start getting bored with it and wanting to work on another one. If I don't finish at least my first draft in that time slot, I have personally come to accept that it's never going to be finished. And that's perfectly okay for me. Some people will work on the same project for a decade and polish it and perfect it as much as they can before releasing it out into the world. I find that kind of energy completely unsustainable. Another spectrum, this or that, that would apply to most writers is how much you actually care about the project. Some people want to play things as close to the chest as possible. Other people are like, sure, you want to read my first draft, there are misspellings on it, have fun. 
I think both of us are somewhere in the middle on this, and most people will be. I hold my stories very close. I really care about them. I really try to work on them. But once it gets to that point of they're ready to go out into the world, I'm pretty good about letting it go. Another this or that that I highly encourage you to experiment with is noise levels as you write. I'm not talking about kids screaming in the background. I'm talking about a coffee shop or plugging in listening to that Spotify channel or having absolute dead silence. For me, I like to have stuff happening if I'm in a creative phase, but if I'm editing, dead silence is best because then I can really focus on the nitty gritty details of making something polished. My writing, I like to have a playlist going. I need sound. I need music. But if there's talking too much, my brain gets too distracted when I'm writing because of all my training of trying to listen to everything around me all at the same time. I have a hard time turning that part of my brain off. Music helps. I'll put on movie soundtracks, video game soundtracks, instrumental kind of music. It's a good opportunity for me to let that occupy that back part of my brain that's trying to listen to everything while I can write. The last little bit we're going to talk about are this or that's as far as your actual story that you're telling. In the type of writing that you do, do you spend a lot of time physically describing things? I have tried that and I can't stand my own writing at that point. (laughs) Especially if I have to read this a thousand times, I don't want to read the description of this room a thousand times. I would rather anonymity with the main character so everyone can relate to them versus having a perfect visualization of what this character looks like so that people can cosplay them or whatever. But really, you need to have more than just a blank stage. I only write what's relevant to the characters. The rest of it just sort of exists. If I were to describe this room right now in writing, I would not say there are 110 acoustic panels on this wall because that's not remotely interesting unless the body at the next crime scene is found with an acoustic paneling and all of a sudden there are only 109 in here. But you would mention acoustic paneling because it is very important to the characters that are living within this room that there are acoustic panels on the wall to help improve the sound of the podcast. Because you're not setting the characters on the blank stage. Only if the characters are emotionally invested, like I am in the sound design of this room, or if they're noticing it for the first time. If it's conscious to your characters, then I will write it down. And here we have the difference between somebody who reads a lot of fantasy and somebody who reads a lot of action. Yes. (laughs) That's the other thing to consider is, what's your genre? That will play a lot into how much you care about physical descriptors, how much you care about setting, how much you care about a lot of this is what genre are you writing? What is your goal for that aspect of things? Kind of in conjunction with that, are you wanting to be more artistic or are you wanting to be more commercially successful? Those sometimes go hand in hand, but it just kind of depends. And again, there are a lot of other aspects of writing that have opposite ends that people are, that people do within their writing, and you can choose to be one or the other or somewhere in the middle or whatever. The whole purpose of this episode is to get you thinking about how you write, how you approach your story, how you approach storytelling, and how you want to get those words on the page, and to be honest with yourself in the pursuit of all of that. And the best way to be honest with yourself, with your writing, is to write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 